Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Friday, December 14th, 2018, and another bad day in the market. And of course, for those who are counting down to Christmas, you've got 10 days left. You've got some shopping to do. You better get it done. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. And, of course, our daily objective here is to make you an above-average investor if we can. You know, that's our goal, to make you better. I'm, you're never going to be perfect. No one is. But we can make you more knowledgeable, understanding why you're buying a stock and what makes that stock move or that sector move or what makes the economy move in one direction or another. That's what the show is about. And, of course, we do that by... You know, given our uh, honest opinions and answering your questions, whether it's by about a stock or about the economy or the market or whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's financial, we'll talk about it. So, of course, I welcome all questions. And our anytime listener line number is 888-99-CHART, and you can dial it right now. And, of course, the Dow opened up in a sea of red this morning. 29 of the 30 Dow stocks were down. Remember, in the Dow 30, there's only 30 stocks. The S&P was down and the Nasdaq was down and they didn't improve during the day. They got worse. So the market seems to be reacting to news of a slowdown in China's economy. The earnings season is over and it's looking, the market's looking forward to the next earnings quarter. They're also looking at the Brexit disaster problem in Europe. And Europe is slowing down economically. So is China. So it's, you know... They don't like what they see. They, the market participants don't like what they see. And that's to say nothing of the Federal Reserve who's, who's bent on raising rates. It's not a good, it's not a comfortable feeling for market participants right now. And did you see this news this morning on about Starbucks? They're going to, it, it opened down 4%, by the way. Uh, and it, it even opened up down on uh, on that, 4% down, even though it had kind of upbeat news about Uber Eats and delivering Starbucks coffee and and about how they have, they're going to expand from their 8,000 stores to more than 6,000 stores in China. Didn't help them. Didn't help the market. And, the, you know, there's news about also about Johnson Johnson. I think that was the biggest news out this morning. Kind of disturbing, really. Uh, Johnson Johnson is being sued, but they've been being sued about this issue, but it's coming to the forefront now about asbestosis in their talc, talc, talcum powder for baby products. So, you know, that is a hangover for them. It's not a good thing. And yes, it's really microscopic, but people are blaming this, uh, why they have cancer 20 years, 30 years later, I guess. And, you know, whether it's true or not, how, how do we know? How does anybody know? They don't know. You know, there's no way of knowing. So, and I think this is, that, this is a trial, this is 11th trial regarding this issue against Johnson Johnson. Stock got crushed this morning. 
And remember, Johnson Johnson is a very slow-moving stock. It doesn't react very much to up and down to any kind of news. It's just very slow, very steady. But it was down, I don't know, 10% or so. So it's pretty bad. There was some other news on other stocks, but we'll get to them later. First, let's go to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? Uh, very good, Steve. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, accumulating uh, AT&T, and uh, whenever uh-huh. it hits uh, 30 or less, and that's where it's been kind of hovering lately. Anyhow, I, I was thinking of adding some more, but I just thought I'd see if it was okay with you if uh, if this uh, Considering the environment in the world and, and everything, uh, should I just uh, keep on buying it if I like it? Uh, I think or, you should. No, I think you should, but I, you should never, ever overload on any one stock. So don't get too crazy. Don't go more than 5% of your portfolio in one stock stock you should have a bunch of different stocks but at and is a good company yeah. as a defensive a defensive company it's pretty good um and they pay a what a 6.6 dividend and that's solid that's not going away they're very high cash flow their pe is uh, nine and it's going to be eight next year if they don't the stock price doesn't move and for now over a year every time it's hit 30 dollars, it's bounced up now in a bear market, it may not, but that doesn't mean it's not a good buy because it's already cheap. You know, if it gets, yeah. let's say it gets knocked down by 10, 10%, let's say it goes down to $20 a share. I'd be a buyer more because because their yeah. earnings are still going to be the same. Everything's going to be the same. So there's nothing wrong with AT&T. Okay, with it, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just, because uh, uh, I'm a senior citizen now, I've been for a while, uh, I'm kind of looking at the, uh, Relaxing more in the stock market and, and living off of a, a solid dividend, dividends. which I like. So uh, that's why I like yeah. that one. Yeah, I do too. We own AT&T in our managed account for the exact same reason, that dividend. It's solid. It's not going to go away. They're going to increase it. So why wouldn't you want 6.6 return? You can buy the stock, put it in a drawer, never look at it, never, and you'll make 6.6% on your money or more. I mean, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, it goes up and down, yeah. But, yeah, thanks, No, I appreciate the call. Powerful software tools created for societal benefit have been turned into weapons, weapons by various nation states. We all know this, right? That's going to be our main, main talking point today. And did you know one, one major company is fighting this whole thing and bringing this to the fore, and that's Microsoft. Why Microsoft is fighting to stop a coming cyber world war. That's the main talking point today. We're going to discuss that. I want to talk about China, the stats out on China that came out. That's going, We're going to discuss that. And September is looking more and more like a bull market top to me. I'm going to give you some uh, things to think about, why, I'm, why I think that. Robinhood, there's an article. Robinhood has been, came out with a check-in and savings uh account and remember Robinhood is the online trading platform and they've come up with that and that may not be SIPIC insured. Hmm. Do you know the difference between FDIC and SIPC? We're going to discuss it. I want to make sure you guys understand that. It's kind of important. The market was down. The Dow was down 497 points today. The NASDAQ down 1459 and the S&P down 51. A pretty strong down day. By the way, just so you know, 
we're talking about AT&T, it was up 10 cents today, not down. So, you know, that's why I like AT&T too, because it can be pretty defensive. So that's a pretty big down day. We've had a pretty, pretty decent down week. So what does that mean? We've had a pretty bad market for ever since it topped in September. Then it meant something. This down day today, I think, meant something. It broke some recent support. And now it's right at longer-term support. That was back in April and February. Remember that February 10% correction? It's now there. Is it going to break that? If it, you know, if it breaks that, how... We're still in a correction, everybody. There's not a bear market, quote-unquote bear market, but it might be a stealth bear market. That's going to be one of my talking points. What does that look like, a stealth bear market? Anyways... You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're headed into a quick one-minute break here. On the other side, I'm going to share highlights from today's KPP Premium Newsletter. It goes out every Friday. And, of course, I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Christmas is only 10 days away. Over the holiday break, you may be able to find some quiet time, an opportunity to learn more about the diverse variety of investing programs offered by KPP Financial. Start exploring anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Remember, we want, we want questions about anything financial. Anything financial. Okay? Um, you listen to Best Talk, everybody. And again, I'm Steve Peasley. And we put out a, a premium newsletter every Friday. KPP premium newsletter every Friday. And to the subscribers and, of course, to our clients who get it for free. So you've got to subscribe to it to get, to get it. But it's pretty reasonable. We have had another volatile week. That's how I started off the section on the market condition section. Another volatile week and a string of volatile weeks that reached back to the first week in October. It appears that we will have to accept and get used to a higher level of volatility. So, and um, there is a, a dis, there is no discernible direction for the market. It's been fluttering here. Uh, but, you know, for like all the way back to the middle of October when it first fell up and down, up and down for a couple of months now. Today, it broke down a little bit of that flutter, and that might be a signal of something, but we don't know. And I went on to explain maybe, uh, you know, the, the I, gave, I gave some reasons why the market's acting the way it is. And I've mentioned them on the air here, too, but I go into a little more detail there. Um and I, you know, the portfolio management section, we talk about technical indicators and the hundreds of different types of indicators that are available and trying to keep it simple so you don't get lost in all these variety of indicators that they have. And, you know, there's, there's a, a couple of stock ideas in the newsletter and that comes. And then there's another section on, um, on uh, consumers and we call it the consumer watch section. Uh, and how to, you know, today, let's see, what did I talk about today? 
it's hard coming up with topics every week on that consumer watch section for me. Yeah, that's one of my hardest sections. Everything else comes fairly easy. But the consumer watch section, difficult. I think I talked about what, warranties a few weeks ago. I talked about, you know, it's different every time. My premium newsletter comes out every week, and I really try to make an effort to make it fresh every time. So, anyways, if you're interested, please if you're interested, please take a look at that. That's right. Consumer Watch was about video subscription services today. You know that. Remember, you can buy all those different subscription services, and would it be cheaper to buy cable or all those different subscriptions from different services? The cost is adding up. And Disney and AT&T are coming out with their own subscription services, trying to compete with Netflix. Very interesting stuff, I thought. Cable, though, it might be your option, especially if you have kids in the house or people watching different shows at different times, then cable might be your best option still. Even though a lot of people are moving away from cable. I have cable. Not happy with it, but, you know, what can I tell you? 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. What's coming out next week? We have a bunch of economic numbers coming out. Um, we've had lots of economic numbers coming out, but next week is going to be full of them. But more importantly, the Fed meets next week, the Federal Reserve. And out of that meeting, everybody is expecting a quarter percent increase, a quarter percent increase uh, on the Fed fund rate. Now, I've been whining about it for some time that they need to stop, and they're not going to. They're probably going to increase it two to three more times next year. That's my estimate. I can't tell you. They've said three times, and I don't think they'll reach three times because, you know, what? why are they re-increasing interest rates? That whole effort is to slow down inflation or normalize rates or slow down the economy because they're worried about inflation. Well, there really is no inflation. Yeah, there's no, we saw that in this week's reports. It's been down significantly. And, you know, the inflation rate is between 1.8 and 2.2 or 2.3% annualized, and their target is 2. <laughs> I mean, why are they complaining? Why are they raising rates? There's no really reason to do it. That's in the premium newsletter also, by the way. <laughs> I'm whining again. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you to check out our new online training experience called Invest Talk Academy. Justin and I are putting on these classes, and we call it Invest Talk Academy, a valuable learning tool for serious investors if you want to learn how to do it. And you can learn more about it at investtalkacademy.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888 99Chart. This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Nancy in Redwood City. How are you doing, Nancy? I'm doing good. Um, so I have a question. Um, I initially mm -hmm. uh, purchased Ultrax and mm -hmm. invested about $2,400, and now it's worth over 5000 And I'm getting a little bit antsy of whether I should 
pull out my initial investment and let it and let the gains ride, you know, let it ride, or should I just keep it there? Or you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of worried of yes. maybe losing it. I would probably pull out your original investment, cut cut your position in half, Nancy. Um, and and why am I saying that? Do I think Ultra or a group symbol MO is going to be terrible? No, no. I'm just thinking that you know you had a really good run. It's probably out, you probably got two months of it now, and it's, you know why not take some off the table, especially when you know you're facing a more volatile market. So I I think I would take half off the table and be content and let it run. It's a solid company. It's gonna. It's paying six percent dividend right now. It's gonna continue to pay that six percent dividend. It's not expensive. It's not super cheap, but it's not expensive either. Um, got great return equity, and I I kind of like it because these two, Altria and Philip Morris, will probably be participating in the marijuana craze going on in Canada, and it's going to eventually come here to the United States. And that somehow that I can see them being a part of that some way somehow. So I, I don't know. I think I like the stock. I like the dividend. But if you made doubled your money, I would probably take half of off the table. Okay, Nance. Okay. Uh, thank you. Okay, and congratulations. You did a great job. You made a lot of money. That's great. Be happy. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Let's talk about our main talking point. Why Microsoft is fighting to stop a coming cyber world war. Now, you know, they're they're pointing out, they, they meaning Microsoft, is pointing out that there's been huge intrusions and malware and problems. And many of these problems are state-sponsored from countries that do this, like, North Korea, Russia, you know, they're, they're very, very much, the government is very, very much behind their cyber intrusions and, and you know, malware that's, that really hurts everything. So what Microsoft is trying to do is get everybody together, meaning everybody, countries and big companies to sign on to various agreements to fight this on a worldwide basis. Because of it is worldwide. You can have malware coming out of, I don't know, the Ukraine and then spread around the world. So you don't, you know, it's got to be fought in a different way. Country by country is not going to solve the problem. So they're in a big way trying to get everybody on the same side of the table, get agreements with everybody, and fight this fight. Now, are they going to be successful? I don't think it can hurt, that's for sure. And remember, Microsoft's operating system is is always under attack. So anything they can do to help fight that, they'll do it. You know, a lot of this is for their benefit, even though they say it's for the benefit of everybody else, you know, all of us, which it is. I can't argue with that. But, you know, like most things, it's also self-serving too. So... I don't know what anything can be done about this. You know, you can only, you know, passwords and firewalls and all those things, you can only do so much. I mean, I got them all over the place protecting my client's data, but it's difficult because, you know, where everything's in the clouds these days, it's it's difficult. You know, that you got to keep up with it all. Anyways, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Here's an investor term you should know. 
U-shaped recovery. U-shaped recovery. A U-shaped recovery describes a type of economic recession and recovery that charts a U-shape. Pretty self-explanatory. So it's not a V-shape, which goes down and up very sharp. And U-shape is more normal. And, you know, how, how you determine, how do you look at it? Well, you, you basically look at uh, GDP, gross domestic product, which, you know, is gradually decline on one side and then gradually goes sideways a little bit and gradually comes up on the other over typically 12 to 24-month period. That's Recessions don't last as long as economic expansions normally. Of the U.S. recession charted since 1945, 1945, approximately half have been described by economists as U-shaped. U-shaped. 1973, 75, 1981, 82. Yeah. So there's a lot. So, you know, there's, there, there's also a W-shaped and an L-shaped recovery. So there's U-shaped, V-shaped, W, and L. Don't like those W's. And L is depressing because it goes down and then goes sideways, so you don't really recover. So go take a look. These, all these terms on Investopedia.com, one of my favorite places to, to learn to learn investment terms and learn how to invest. That's a really great website, I think. Monday on Invest Talk. In retirement, Social Security payments won't cover your expenses. So, how well do you understand your 401k plan? You're going to need to understand it. That story's on Monday, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y-Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y-Charts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Have you visited InvestTalkAcademy.com? You should. It can help you learn to invest like a pro. 
because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, China came out with more stats today. And last week they came out and showed a slowdown in their GDP growth. Uh, but this this week they came out with industrial output. Industrial output went from uh, 5.9% down to 5.4% in one month. Uh, which, five is huge, right? I mean, any place else, you'd say, well, that's great. If that happened here, man, that's fantastic numbers. We don't ever get that high. But for China, just bear in mind, it went from 5.9 to 5.4. Okay, how about sales? Sales went from 8.6, which was a great number for anybody else, to 8.1. And housing sales contracted contract contracted housing sales shrank but housing starts did not now you got to remember china can very much manipulate they can tell people they can tell companies they can tell anybody to do xyz if they want to build a whole city and they have done this big cities empty cities because they want to keep the economy going they can do that but what this is telling you, the overall picture is, is China slowing down. Now, whether it's slowing down naturally or slowing down because it's getting big, the law of large numbers, and you just can't keep growing like you used to, and I'm sure that's part of the answer. I really am. Or is the slowdown getting uh, being accelerated because of you know, economic problems? The problem with that is we'll never really, really know because China is a closed system. We don't get to see everything. You don't get to ask questions. If the Chinese government said, tells its, its different bureaus and agencies to keep track of their economy, to give XYZ numbers and make sure they're positive, they will. You know, they'll, they don't care about the truth is not really their goal. Not, maybe not really. So we just don't know everything. But... It is pointing to a slowdown almost no matter how you look at it. And you add that to the slowdown going in, into Europe with with uh, Germany last quarter falling, shrinking, and the riots in France and the Brexit exit being a problem, you can see that the EU is probably going to slow and maybe even fall into recession next year, 2019. And these two places cannot just not affect us. They're going to affect us. It's just how much will they affect us. Now, uh, we went to the Chapman uh, economic uh, forecast today, their annual forecast today, uh, yesterday. And they're forecasting about a 2% growth, GDP growth for 2019 after about 2.9% this year. It's probably going to be over 3. It depends on what happened in the fourth quarter here. But it's around 3, 3.1 maybe um, this year. Um, and so they're predicting a slowdown in the U.S. economy as well. Interesting stats out there. But that's what China is doing. You know, everybody's so worried about China going to be so big and they, you know, they're dwarfing, going to dwarf us. You know what? I don't, I don't worry about that. I don't. This reminds me of Japan. Japan, of course, is much smaller in territory. In the 1980s, everybody was worried about Japan taking over the world economically. 
And I, back, I remember back then saying, how can they do that? They're such a small country. They can't do that. But there was a big worry. Now, China is just the opposite. Oh, they're such a big country. They're going to take over the world. I don't see that. They're going to have more and more problems going forward. One of the big problems that no one is paying attention to is that one child per family law they had for, what, 20, 30 years. Remember, Chinese couldn't feed themselves. So the Chinese government made citizens only have one child, made them abort the second child if they got pregnant. Do you remember that? Anybody out there remember that? So that what, what, the, what does that do? That means as the older generation gets older, there's fewer and fewer younger generations generation to support them. And Japan has been facing that in recent last 10, 20 years. And, and look how it's hurt their economy. They can't grow it. Haven't been able to. They had a huge years of, of deflation instead of inflation. Anyways, let's go to Janet in San Jose. I wants to talk about Apple Computer. How are you doing, Janet? Good. I'm just wondering what you take on Apple stocks now. Is, is it something going to bounce back? or Apple will go up. How's that? I can tell you that with... It will go up, Janet. I can't tell you exactly when and how much. Apple went from $230 a share back in October to now 165 I don't think they're done with their fall. I think they're going to fall some more. But they're at $165 now. At the same time, their sales are actually growing. It was up 20% the last most recent quarter, 17% the quarter before that, 16% the quarter before that. Growth. And the stock is getting to be very reasonable, you know, not, uh, not expensive at all. And let me do the math. The stock is at $165 right now, everybody. So $165 divided by next year's earnings of 14.68. That's the estimate. And the P is going to be 11. And their five-year range is 10 to 20. So it's a pretty cheap stock, really, compared to the other big, Fang stocks, Facebook, and those other guys. Apple's the least expensive. So I kind of like Apple at this price, but I still think it's probably going to go down more. So Janet, if you don't own it, don't get real anxious to buy it yet. Okay? Let's wait for to see some strength come back. Let it break above maybe its 20-day moving average. Right now, that's $176 a share. Make it show you, you know, it's like a show me statement. Janet, make it show you that it has bottomed at least once before you buy it because it's, it's still it's still falling. It did bounce a few weeks ago, but it never broke above the 20-day moving average. So I'm, that's why I'm using it. When it breaks above the 20-day moving average, buy it. Okay, Janet? Yeah. Sure. Thank you for the Thank call. Thank you. That's Apple, everybody. A-A-P-L. Do you remember yesterday I told you what's the number one thing that kids want for their teenagers want for Christmas and it's an Apple phone? And then number two, three, and four are awful, also Apple products. <laughs> That's pretty nice for Apple. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the four o'clock hour Pacific time every day, weekday. It's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week via archive podcast at investtalk.com. And I hope you'll tell your friends and family, you know, about the show. And I'd love to get them part of the part of the part of the family of my family here on Invest Talk. I would love that. So if you would spread the word, I would love that. Thank you. And of course you can podcast it anytime you want. 
at investtalk.com. You can download it, use some of that software. And now the lines are open. We're taking your financial investing questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where their commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. 2018 is almost over, and if you're unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. Start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Uh, hi, guys. I had a question about a stock which has just kind of popped up on a couple of uh, recommended lists. VSEC, Victor, Sam, Edward, Charles. I just wanted to uh, hear your opinion on the stock, whether or not it uh, looks like it's a good buy at this point or not. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Okay, let's take a look at it. It is a small microcap, $333 million. So, therefore, you're talking about lots of volatility. Provides engineering, logistics, and con- construction management and consulting services. Sales have been falling four or five quarters in a row. Uh, they made $2.62 last year per share. It's a $30 stock. I don't have estimates going forward. Hmm, that's unusual on my software. I usually have estimates. Uh, so therefore, they're what eleven PE or so, you know, something like that. Um, and they have a return on equity is only ten percent. Great cash flow though, five dollars and two cents. That 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 is a very strong number for this company, and not too much debt. They have some debt, uh, uh, and the price to sales ratio, which yeah, I don't talk about much here, is pretty pretty good. I mean, they do $168 million in sales last quarter to $333 million stock. So that, that's a good ratio of how much sales they do for the value of the company overall. But that doesn't seem to translate into a better return on equity, which is kind of surprising. Um, I can see on a technical basis that it looks like it's bounced. It's bounced up above the 20 and 50-day moving average. And on a technical basis, this would be a buy point. Right in here, it would be a buy point. Fundamentally, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have enough information going forward, so I'm not keen on it going forward. I'm a little concerned about the return on equity and why sales are shrinking. That must be turning around in the future, or else this stock is not moving up. So I'd have to do some research, and I just can't do it. You know, the research is necessary. On the on the on the show here, the symbol is VSEC, uh, VSE Corporation, um, out of Virginia, by the way. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So September, September of this year is looking more and more like the bull market top, and that we might be already in a stealth bear market. When I say stealth. That means that the major indexes are not bear market territory, meaning they're down 20% or more from their tops. But there is a ton of stocks inside the market that are down 20% or more. And more than half of the S&P 500 are down 20% or more. 
So that tells me it is possible that we are already in a bear market. It just don't see the top line indexes showing it yet. Okay, so what do you do in a bull market? What happens? Where, where do you, I mean, a bear market. Where do you go? Where do you hide? What do you invest in? And we've already talked about that. Defensive stocks, value stocks, utilities, consumer staples. And have you noticed copper? Copper is weak, but then compare that with silver. Silver is strong. To compare that with gold, look at the gold chart. Either gold itself, which is GLD on EFT, uh, ETF, using the ETF of gold, and look at it from September on, or even late August. That's where it bottomed on. There, you know, I'm, we talked about this on the um, on the uh, class in the class yesterday that I gave, and Invest Talk Academy talked about gold and why is it moving up even though the dollar is still very strong because. A strong dollar is not supportive of a gold stock. And inflation really hasn't shown up yet, which is another you know, boost to gold is inflation. We haven't seen that. So why has gold been moving up? And my speculation is we might be in a stealth bear market. We might be the market is the fear is out there. But if you look at the VIX, you don't see a ton of fear. You just see elevated fear, elevated fear. So that's why... Copper is an industrial metal used in industry. That's getting weaker. Silver is also an industrial metal, but it also has you know, a precious metal component like gold. Gold is just precious metal, period. No industrial component, really. Okay, you're going to argue with me. I know you're going to, someone's going to call me up. Well, they use gold on computers and screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very minor. Okay. So... We might already be in a stealth bear market. I'm, I, I speculated this a couple of weeks ago in the newsletter. And I, it's still, I still feel it, so I'm talking about it. Okay, it's Friday. Christmas is a little more than a week from now. Boy, that's coming around fast. But we still got time for one or two callers. If you want to give me a call, 10 minutes left. Here, This call came in early at 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Jack Carl from Cape Coral, Florida. I got a question for you about buying direct purchase directly from companies, buying stock direct purchase. I was thinking about this, and some of the blue chip companies that pay good dividends, they have this drip plans built in with this. Do you see an advantage to buying good blue chip stocks that pay dividends directly through the company? Is there any advantage to that? What's your thoughts on direct purchase of stocks, blue chip stocks directly from companies? Thanks for the information. Enjoy the show. Thanks, Mike. Okay, there's not really an advantage. There really is no advantage. It used to be when trading costs, the cost to buy something through a discount broker. I mean, in 1999, trading costs were like 100 bucks to make a trade. Now you get a bunch of free trades if you open up a new account, or the average price is about $5 to make a trade. So the only advantage is if you have very little money and you can only buy one, two, or three, or five stocks, then that trading cost of $5, it looks expensive. But if you buy, you know, 25, 50 stocks at a time or 100 stocks at a time, it, you know, it's meaningless, meaningless. So that, that's the only advantage 
that there is. Remember, the disadvantage is, is when you buy this stock, it's not so easy to sell it. You're buying it and you just hold it when you buy when you use a drip plan. You can sell it, don't get me wrong, but it's just more difficult than if you were in a brokerage account. Maybe that maybe that's an advantage being difficult to sell it. it prevent you from trading too much. This is Invest Talk and I'm Steve Peasley. Again, we still have about ten minutes. You want to give a call, we'll get you in. And remember, please keep our anytime listener line open around the clock. So we keep it open. So you can call anytime, later on, whenever you want. On the next Invest Talk, how well do you understand your 401k plan? Social Security likely won't pay enough to cover your retirement expenses, so a well-managed 401k should be on your to-do list. That story Monday. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you were Thank talking you. about types of metals and the price, and I'm wondering, do you know why palladium, P-A-L-L, is doing so well the last couple of years when it normally would kind of track with platinum, and platinum's really in the doghouse? There was something I read a few months ago about palladium and why it was acting better than platinum. And, of course, the palladium, he's talking about P-A-L-L, which is the ETF, exchange-traded fund that you know tracks the palladium uh, price of the palladium itself. And I, it, I think it has something to do with industrial uses that is also not I, only a yeah, – go ahead. Ahead, yeah, in the past, there were both platinum and palladium were both used in catalytic converters in cars. But right, I heard right. from two different sources just a little tidbit of information about some use of palladium in electric cars. But I don't, I don't have any details. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell with me too, Gene. For some reason, it really does. And so, so not only do you have the fact that it's a precious metal, but you also have this industrial use that is going to just explode if what we're kind of thinking that maybe we heard is true because you know those cars sales are going to explode on the upside electric cars are going to explode over the over yeah. the next 10 years so yeah i don't know if i buy it now because it's done so well i might wait for a little pullback i think it's thanks for the call gene appreciate it this year yeah yeah i know it's huge huge thanks gene appreciate it good call let's go to michael in fremont how you doing michael I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I had a question about BP. Your thoughts on BP versus yeah. the other um, oil companies? Okay, this is a British company engaged in exploration, production, refining, marketing, and transportation of oil and gas. And, of course, they had that big blow-up in the Gulf a number of years ago and now hung over their head for years and years. But that's all behind them. So it's a play on oil. They've been growing pretty solid. You know, sales growth has been pretty solid. Um, and they peaked twice when they were a top in may and then they topped again here in october and that's around what 46 47 dollars or so and today at 38 um is it cheap enough to buy uh, i think i think not i think you gotta wait till the 
shows some strength, and it's not doing that yet. Even though it's fairly inexpensive, Michael, it really is. Uh, I like it because the dividend is 6.3%, and they have enough cash flow to keep that going. So, yeah, keep this on your radar, but I would wait again till it maybe breaks up to above the 20-day moving average, and that's around $40, $41 a share, then be a buyer. you got to wait till it shakes itself out. That's really what you're waiting for. Michael, appreciate the call. Thank you. Faluk in Fremont, how you doing? Hey, Steve, thank you for taking my call. Uh, once again, I just want to find out about Cinex. It's uh, SNX. Uh, it's kind of basing here. It went up, and I'm planning to buy. If you can guide me where to buy it or how does it look like. The only hangover no. on it is like in China, they do some manufacturing. So I don't know what consequences are that about. Faluk, I like your first sentence. It looks like it's basing here, and that's exactly what it looks like. I'm I'm very happy to even know what that means. That's great. So yeah, this basing everybody for you you already know Faluk, but for everybody else, basing means the stock has gone sideways. It fell, 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 fell. Now it's going sideways, and it's very common that a stock will base for a while before it starts moving up. And I will tell you this, I think this stock is going to go up. This is Cenex Corporation, everybody, distributes IT systems for peripheral system components, packing, age software, and networking equipment out of Fremont. It's growing its sales 15 20% per quarter, earnings 13 15% per year. Uh, it's an 8 PE. I think this is the area you buy it for, for. I think you buy it. It broke above the 20 and the 50 day moving average. Even though it's been down the last couple of days, I buy it. This is where I'd buy it. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and your questions and listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Look for my nephew and the 49ers to see if he does anything this week. He had a touchdown last week name is Dante Pettis. Joshua will be here on Monday. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Things said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.